0: So, everyone that's listening, my reminder to you is that all the power that you need is already within you. And we just have to remember that it's there and tap into it.
1: You're listening to Make Some Noise Podcast, episode number 472, with guest Jen Cassetta. Welcome to Make Some Noise Podcast Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you're here. I don't know if you follow me on Instagram or any of the socials. I'm mostly on Instagram and TikTok, but I largely took the summer off, just completely unplugged. And you may remember me mentioning in past episodes that we got a puppy. Our beloved Giselle, our German short hair pointer that we had for a very long time, she passed away. If you missed the episode of where I did a minisode where I talked about the grief of losing a pet, my experience and the grief of losing a pet, I'll drop that in the show notes if you're if you missed it and you're interested. But we got a puppy who was born the day after Giselle passed. And she's a German shepherd. I've been drawn to this breed since I was a small child. I've never owned one. Just been around them a lot. And I've also never had a puppy. So I'm sure you're laughing. <laughs> Why I decided that it would be a good idea to have my first puppy be a German shepherd was beyond me. I had, I had little girl stars in my eyes. And this is not to say we are going to give her up. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Um, but I was grossly unprepared for her strength and her spirit that's what I call her. She's my spirited girl. Uh, she split my lip open this morning. Being so spirited. She weighs 65 pounds and she just turned six months old. Which I I I'm a little worried. She's not fat. She's not an overweight dog. She's just growing very rapidly. And I need to ask the vet about that. I'm like, uh, she's kind of off the charts, and it's just, you know, there can be health issues, and I don't, I don't want that. Because she's so much. That was one of the reasons I took the the summer off. And now that I'm back, the, my kids are back in school and we have a routine and I take her for a long walk in the morning and then I put her in the her crate so she can take uh, a much needed nap. And then that's when I get to come up here and uh, record these intros for you. But I – my lip hurts. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And it's starting to swell. I'm like, I've got to get this intro recorded before my lip is swollen. And it's not too bad. It was bleeding kind of a lot. And she didn't bite me. She just was excited because I got on the ground to stretch after our long walk. Because if I don't stretch right away, (laughs) it's a whole thing. It's a middle-aged thing. But she was excited that I was on the ground and she was rolling around and jumping around as I'm trying to stretch and we collided. So no, no blame to her. It was an accident. My spirited, my spirited girl. Her name's Astrid. Did I mention that? Her name's Astrid. Anyway, uh, speaking speaking of self defense, that was not not a not a transition that I had planned out. Jen Cassetta is here, and I'm really really excited to have her on. I. She came across my for you page on TikTok. Of course she did. And I loved her lessons. I save all of her videos so I can watch them and and learn. I think self-defense is one of those things that unfortunately women should know. All people should know, I guess. And I am excited for you to meet her because she has a new book out and I just she's one of those people where immediately when I saw her, I'm like I have to have her on and she and I just clicked so much. If you like me, I know you're just going to absolutely love Jen. So for those of you that are unfamiliar with her, let me tell you a little bit about her. Based in Los Angeles, Jennifer Cassetta is a nationally recognized speaker, empowerment coach, and self-defense expert. Equipped with her third degree black belt in Hapkaido, master's degree in nutrition, and health coaching certification, she develops programming that helps people feel strong, safe, and powerful from the streets to the boardroom. Jennifer has rocked over 100 stages across the country with her superpower combination of engaging content and contagious enthusiasm her skills have been featured on the today show the doctors and the rachel ray show her new book the art of badassery unleash your mojo with wisdom of the dojo will be found on bookshelves anywhere in august 2022 so without further ado here is jen jen thank you so much for being here Thank you, Andrea. So excited! I I am so excited too. I cannot wait to jump into this. And as most of my guests in 2022, I found you on TikTok. (laughs) Wow, (laughs) you showed up on my FYP page, (laughs) and I started following you immediately. And I, you know, it was about self defense things, which I love always. And I have a a 13 year old daughter now. Mm -hmm. Um, By the time this comes out, she'll be 13. And of course, you know, I'm gonna Teach her all of those things, and and encourage her to follow um, people like you. And you have a book out, and it's called "The Art of Badassery: Unleash Your Mojo with Wisdom of the Dojo." Okay, first of all, first of all, <laughs> I'm sure everyone knows how much I love that title, Good. "The Art of Badassery." Are you kidding? And your subtitle rhymes, so like, <laughs> I wish I had like, uh, you know, like a a popper or something to celebrate. I, I, I wanna I wanna ask you first before we jump into the book. I wanna ask you about Self-defense kind of in and of itself, and I'm dying of curiosity about your opinion regarding this. I don't think that you made any TikToks about it, Mm -hmm. but in your opinion, do you think that the popularity of true crime, especially among women, has helped us or hurt us in terms of our safety and our lives in general? Very good question. I am not a true crimer. Like I'm not a Nor am with true I. Crime. I. I do okay. watch some of the documentaries like on Netflix, but I don't listen to any of the podcasts. I'm not mm-hmm. a murderino. Uh, my best friend <laughs> is though. But um I'm I'm sure a lot of people listening to this show are true crime junkies. I'm curious yeah. what your thoughts are.
0: Well, I, I would love to hear from them actually. Why don't they they respond somehow to Andrea? But um how many people actually feel empowered by watching true crime? Or do you feel more scared in your life? So I feel like self-defense in general, um, will help you feel more empowered when you're walking through the world, right? Mm-hmm. Just walking down the street to living your life, you will feel more empowered. Watching true crime, again, it could go, it could go both ways. You think, Oh my God, this stuff happens out there. Mm-hmm. That's knowledge is power, right? So knowing that, uh, I don't know, there are serial killers and stuff like that.
1: Yes, among us. It would be
0: helpful, right? <laughs> um, you just can't let it get in your head where it starts to make you paranoid um, and scared all the time. And that's yeah. the biggest difference. When I'm teaching, I always say, like, knowledge is empowering and not to make you paranoid.
1: Okay, yeah. That's interesting. I I just I, I know one person who, you know, her life is it kind of revolves around her pepper spray and her mm. stabby kitty. And <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh. But then I but then I wonder because my husband has made this comment to me and I, mm. I know that I am fairly oblivious to my surroundings. I, I feel mm. like I hate to say it but I would be an easy target because Aww. I don't pay attention. I don't know if it's my ADHD. I don't know if it's my personality or what. I just typically don't pay attention. Right. And I have a history of not following my intuition. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I will say that I I love, I, I, this is part, I think, of the genre of true crime. And I, I know it's part of many women's empowerment experts mm-hmm. out there is that being nice can be dangerous. Like wow. being too polite can be dangerous. It can that's, get us killed. Yeah, that's so awful to hear that, but it's so true.
0: And can I ask you my question that came up for you was when you're saying you're not paying attention, um, our attention is somewhere, right? So if yeah. it's not on your surroundings, what is your attention I'm daydream- on? Daydreaming.
1: I'm daydreaming. Okay. I'm thinking about, I'm like in my own little world thinking mm-hmm. about whatever usually like either anything from something completely innocuous to how is the world going to end like there are like these big <laughs> topics or nothing right. and i just there's been so many times where i just i haven't seen something or i've passed by something um my friends tease me and they say like you walk with such confidence mm-hmm. and i i i think it's a combination of yes i am confident but i just go like i just mm-hmm. don't I'm just not paying attention. So I try to be better about it. Okay. Well, the go part is a deterrent. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't
0: necessarily make you a target. If you're walking with purpose, power, yeah. confidence, that right there turns off predatory behavior. So, so is that one of the tips that you give people? Oh, yes, absolutely. The alertness, definitely, and the mindfulness. Yeah, looking <laughs> that's the around. part you might be missing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then, definitely, body language, um, alert, aware, shoulders back, head held high, walking with power, of purpose. Um, you know, your friend may have her pepper spray and her kitty keychain out. Um, not everyone has to do that in order to be prepared. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of the most important
1: pieces of yeah. safety. Okay. Do you, I'm I'm curious about, so do you, do you teach self-defense like in a, in a class or a dojo anymore? Or have you left that behind? No, no, I'm teaching uh, mostly just to corporations. Just to corporations. So Mm -hmm. what do you encourage women to look for? You know, maybe they're not near you in Southern California and they're thinking about taking a self-defense class, which I think, I think every, everyone should, and probably regularly, right? Not just like once. Cause I took one in like 2010. And I mean, do I remember anything from it? Absolutely not. (laughs) Not nothing. I bet you do. I bet you remember something. You know what I remember? Let me tell you what I remember. I remember the teacher. It was a man and a woman. And she said, "Um, does anyone want to volunteer to see if they can get out of, um, I don't know what they called it, but basically like, John here is going to grab you. And do you think you could get out of it? And my big mouth is like, I bet I could. (laughs) And a little bit confident over here. I think he grabbed me er from behind and kind of, you know, my arms pinned down. And I tell you what, all of my might and I didn't even, and he wasn't an enormous person. He was like Mm -hmm. maybe six feet tall. I don't know, 180. Mm -hmm. And then I started crying. So it was also, it was so emotional, embarrassing, maybe a little ashamed. And that's what I remember, unfortunately. (laughs) That's not the empowering piece. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but not surprising that that's the thing that I remember. Yeah, so of emotional. course.
0: Sorry. you. Yeah. Sorry you had to a, had a deal with that. What I would advise people to look for, a lot of times a martial arts school will offer self-defense classes, programs to non-martial artists, right? So okay. you have to decide, do I want to do the uniform, the bowing, the whole thing <laughs> and like mm-hmm. work my mm-hmm. way up? Most people don't. And I've I'm very clear on that. So think about, first of all, how much commitment you want to Put towards this, a one-off class versus, um, you know, a four-month series or whatever the place is offering, but really just go in and look at the vibe or feel the vibe anyway of the instructors. And you want to make sure that it's, first of all, female-friendly and Mm -hmm. focused. The school that I wound up joining when I was so young, I just remember walking in and watching these fierce black belt women, like with swords and all this wonderful techniques and i was so inspired and i remember thinking like i want to be like that mm-hmm. um versus some of these dojos i've walked in it's like 99.9% male and all mm-hmm. the energy that comes along with that is not always the most nurturing and helpful to take like the spirit. cobra kai from karate totally, Kid. <laughs> totally. exactly like cobra kai
1: <laughs> okay so i can see how that would be important the vibe making sure that it's it's women friendly Non toxic and probably maybe like a referral. Yes, the basics. Yeah, look at Google reviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. How you would cho- choose anything,
0: you know, even a restaurant, but get the reviews. But really, it's about feeling and making sure you feel safe in that environment. Uh-huh. Because a lot of people have had bad experiences, like yourself. I'm not saying the whole experience was bad, but what you remember is crying. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want any of my students to walk out and
1: only remember that they cried in my class. Yeah. I think I remember actually one more thing so okay. to, to redeem myself and the and the class I think I remember them teaching us to if we find ourselves and trigger warning for anyone who might get triggered easily talking about you know these types of situations. So if we are if you're on your back and you're pinned down and your assailant is like straddling you mm-hmm. to pull your bend your knees like pull your heels towards your butt mm-hmm. so that way you have better leverage and lift your lift your like do like a bridge exercise bridge. Mm-hmm. to try to tip that person over and off and I'm not probably not explaining it very well it'd be much easier to like watch a youtube video <laughs> But that's what I think I remember. I know exactly what you're talking about. And
0: to be fair, that is the probably most important move that you could ever remember. Mm -hmm. So kudos to your teacher. Kudos to the class. Like you
1: got it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I remember trying it. What was interesting to me how emotional it was to practice those moves. And I don't know if this is just a me thing or if this is. I think especially for someone who's experienced any kind of like physical assault like that, it would be extremely hard. But I found it just difficult to do emotionally and mentally Mm -hmm. to practice it. And you have to, you have to practice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's not comfortable. Step one of all my programming
0: is about embracing the suck, getting uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I learned that on the mat. Yeah. It's sparring and learning all these techniques with people twice my size was not fun getting kicked, getting punched, getting taken down over and over and over again. And it's almost like the more you practice it, the easier it is to
1: get back up. Just like anything, really. So that's a great segue into the book. So it's The Art of Badassery, Unleash Your Mojo with Wisdom of the Dojo. And Mm -hmm. can you take us through the belts, if you will? Mm -hmm. So are there five of them, six, seven, seven, seven. Mm-hmm. seven. That's right. Okay. Can you, and I, I should have asked you this before. I don't know if you have a memorized, um, but so the of very course. first one, the white belt is embrace the suck. And that's just like yeah. kind of the getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Exactly.
0: Each chapter represents a different level, if you will. And I feel like life is Kind of like martial arts in that way where you're moving from belt level to the next to the next. It's like self-development, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but before you move from one belt level to the next, there's usually a very difficult test, not just of the physical moves, but of your mind, body, and spirit.
1: Okay. So the the white belt is embrace the suck and then chapter. I I like how they actually go in order. So I didn't I didn't know that before. I thought you could kind of like jump, but I guess that's just like in martial arts. Like you can't just like I really like the green belt. It's my favorite color. Can I just start there? <laughs> so Absolutely. You want, people to, you want people to start with the white belt, embrace the suck, and then yellow belt is bounce back. Can you say more about that? Yes. So like I was saying, you get taken down a lot, right? On um, When
0: you're a white belt, you're just learning. So you keep either failing, but in life, obviously, takedowns are more like failure, divorce, financial hardship, disease, pandemic, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so yellow belt is three strategies that I learned on the mat that you can also use in life to help you get back up with velocity. So the first is the pivot, which we've all mastered right during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, the second is just kind of like rolling with the punches and using momentum to help you get your feet back under you each time. So like more like what I was saying, it happens so often you, you just know how to get back up. Quicker each time. Mm-hmm. And the third is really about when life knocks you out for the count. I'm sure we've all been there in some way. And, you know, there is no option to roll to pivot. It's really just about recreating yourself, you know, having an ultimate comeback.
1: Ooh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> have, have you had an ultimate I, comeback? I'm about to. <laughs> <laughs> From the pandemic? Yeah. Well, you and I, you and I were talking before we started recording. And I was telling you how, and I I talk about this on the show. My my audience, I think it was last year, I mm-hmm. was really transparent and told them that my mental health took a shit, took a giant shit <laughs> in twenty twenty. It was it was um uh, it was definitely like my top three worst mental health moments. Yeah, and thank goodness for supportive people and great therapists and yeah. the fact that I can even afford that. I have immense uh, privilege in that. And at that point, thinking think it is for antidepressants. But yes, I'm ready for my ultimate comeback. It's the yeah. big you see. That's what I'm going to call it. i going to credit you. We've all been there. And I, I've had to recreate myself through my
0: career so many times. It, it is a privilege if you get to like recreate and come back
1: like almost a new, better version of you. I'm interrupting this conversation to actually ask you a question. Do you work for a company or do you own a company or are you an event planner where you might need a speaker that's me? So I speak on self-confidence for women. That's usually an all-women audience. I also speak on resilience. That is a mixed audience. And I also give a talk on corporate wellness, as well as I have one more that's very specific. I have a talk that is all around recovery. So it's very specific for a recovery audience. If you need a very enthusiastic speaker who gives really great content, then I might be your lady. Um, you can head on over to andreaowen.com slash speaking. There's an outline of all of my keynotes. And I also do the Daring Way training for corporations if you're interested in that. It's it's more like a workshop. So let me know. You can click on the button that's on that page. It's also on my homepage, on that andreaowen.com slash speaking or the homepage. And it will take you to a short little form, ask you a few questions about your event, and then we will get back to you to see if I am a good fit for your audience and your event. Moving on to orange belt, that is block the BS. I mm-hmm. love that. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So on the mat, obviously we realize if we don't learn blocking very well, you
0: wind up getting punched and kicked a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're essentially in martial arts, two different main styles, if you will, of blocking or fighting. And one is hard and one is soft. So relating that into everyday life is you can either when when someone or something is overstepping your boundaries, you have a lot of choices on how to deal with that. And and really that's the main message. I want women especially to remember that there are so many choices that you have. But what happens a lot of time is like we're frozen. We're left like what just happened?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, in so many ways. So the harder styles of blocking is literally meeting the force with, um, the opposing force with an equal to or greater force. So on the street that could look like telling somebody off who's just, you know, cat called cat you calling. or
1: mm-hmm.
0: gotten your space. Um, and the softer ways of using blocking is almost like blending with, I, I know we're not on camera, so I'm doing the moves. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, it's like almost blending with, the incoming assault in order to redirect it either out into space or back at the person. Okay. So what would that look like within like a personal setting? So if someone kind of hands you a a comp assault, right? Something where you're left scratching your head, like, was that an insult?
1: I have never heard that term before. That's amazing. (laughs) I'm going to use it. that from now on. I love that. A I'm not taking assault, credit. For so it's like it. a compliment, but it's an insult. It's like you look good for your age. Yeah. Or
0: Ugh, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so Andrea's approach is fuck off, which would be a hard <laughs> block,
1: <laughs> or just a ew. That's that's
0: another one. Okay. The softer style would be like, hey, did you feel like it was necessary to? To put that, you know, to say that at the end for your age, or, hey, it made me feel like this. Was that your intention? So bouncing back um, a question to someone after they make these comments or even insults. And, you know, if things are more escalated than just a accomplice, you can still use those types
1: of um, redirects. So my husband and I, I just realized my husband and I do that to each other. Okay. We can both be passive aggressive Mm -hmm. in, in his defense. I was going to say he's, he's, he can be passive aggressive. Do we call it out in the moment in the Mm -hmm. most kind way possible? And I think that the more genuinely kind it is, the more it makes the other person mad. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I, I remember one time I was, I was, you know, tidying up the kitchen or cooking or something and, my husband and my kids were like resting basically. And I was like, no, it's fine. You guys just like, don't, don't help. Like I totally have it. It's good. Don't anybody get up. And right. my husband calls from the living room. He's like, are you being passive aggressive? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we, yeah, I don't get a free pass nor does he, and he did end up helping, but that's well, that's, I mean, a, that's very, that's a soft block, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yes. And super healthy. I think that's really wonderful that you have that practice Mm -hmm. instead of stewing. And right, we sure it was my idea. (laughs) (laughs) Call it out, call it out in the moment. So, yeah, in the chapter, there's tons of examples and ways that you can redirect people's negative bullshit. um, So it doesn't land on you and it definitely doesn't have to stick.
1: And then the fourth one. The green belt, which again is my favorite color, is find uh-huh. your roar. So, so tell yeah. us about that.
0: Yeah. So, again, it, if anyone has walked by a dojo ever or had kids in a dojo or is a martial artist, you will hear these weird noises coming from it, like mm-hmm. or ha or something, right? We are taught to use a, in Korean, it's called kiyop, which translates to a spirited yell. Oh. Um, you could use the word kiyop you can use any you know sound that you essentially choose your own style of kia. you could use haya like miss piggy right mm-hmm. um,
1: <laughs> that would be would that be you i love that my my daughter we have like a family joke about that yeah oh really mm-hmm. i love miss piggy she's like my ultimate icon she is the best yes mm-hmm.
0: around greenbelt is when you start to really get comfortable in that. Because at Mm -hmm. first it's very awkward, right? You're making these noises. and But the idea is to accentuate every punch and kick, every move that you make. It can also intimidate an opponent, right? That's what it was probably designed for back Mm -hmm. in the day. So in life... Right. It's just really about powerful communication style. And how do we do that? We all know body language, tone and the words that we use both outwardly and our inner vocabulary is probably the most important thing that I really touch on in, in the chapter.
1: I was thinking of a question to ask you. <laughs> was it about, were you going to ask about, do I have a roar? Yeah. Let's, let's do that. No, I don't. Mine is more, you know, what's funny is after my, so my dad died in 2016 and- after Mine too. He died, did he really? Yes.
0: <laughs> when? April. What, what? October. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. Thank
1: you. And yeah. how weird. I know. <laughs> and how awful. Why are we not friends? <laughs> Seriously. But my dad played all kinds of sports and he actually, when I was very little, taught me how to box and taught me- uh-huh really mostly like how to protect your face like in a boxing match like always keep your always keep your gloves up and Mm -hmm. that's one thing i remember from him there's all these like weird like sports things and I, i was never really big into sports but i i played with him a lot and but one thing that we always did together was we played a lot of tennis i grew up on the tennis court after he died i started to remember all of these things that he had taught me especially when i was out playing tennis I would be on the court and I would remember something that he would tell me and one of the things he would say he would yell at me from across the court to rush the net. Mm. And I when I was younger I didn't have enough confidence at the net especially playing singles like you know because it's it's a risk when you're, yeah. when you're up there. And he would tell me he's like even if you don't think that you can get the shot it will intimidate your opponent. If you wow. keep rushing the net, especially in the beginning, they're mm-hmm. going to be nervous. Mm-hmm. It's just that like physical energy. So I don't know if I have an actual, like, you know, a roar, yeah, I'm just loud in general, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that stuck with me. And I think that that may have something to do with how I walk with confidence yeah. and how at such a young age, he told me to, to do that. And it's just stuck.
0: Oh, I love that story. So, so much. It makes me want to cry because I can relate. My dad didn't teach me boxing, but he started martial arts in his fifties. I was still probably in high school at the time. So I wasn't interested, but it wasn't until I was 22 that I actually was like, "Hmm, let me try this out. So I followed in his footsteps and wow,
1: that's awesome. Yeah. So you have we have a couple more, and I I want to oh. ask you to tell the story too of how you how you started your September 11 story too because it's it's super powerful. So yes. we get now we're at blue and elevate your energy. So this that can be interpreted a lot of different ways. How do you like to talk about it? So I like to talk to talk about it like this.
0: At that level is when I started to learn about chi and ki and your life force energy, and it was also the point where I started to become so. I I like, I mean, it's like almost addiction. I was addicted to martial arts. Like that's Mm -hmm. how it felt. I've heard that Um, happens to a lot of people when they get into it. Yeah, but right in the best way. Like Mm -hmm. it's not a bad addiction to have. (laughs) I was just gaining so much from it mentally, spiritually, physically that I just kept going. So I was going to class every day and then I wanted to stay for two classes in a row. And I was like, okay, if I don't start taking care of my Life force energy through nutrition, through hydration, through sleep and recovery mm-hmm. and, and lifestyle. I'm going to burn out. And yeah. I feel like, you know, right now a lot of people are experiencing that if burnout can happen, but we don't have to be passive about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many things that we can, that we do have control of, like the things I mentioned that can really help elevate our life force energy.
1: Yeah. Well, especially with COVID, I think so many of us were not anticipating the toll that it would take on us mentally and emotionally and and even physically and spiritually, I think for many, but um, that can be something that gets put on the back burner and just not prioritized. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So second to last, red belt, probably my second favorite color. (laughs) (laughs) Connect with your warrior within. Hmm,
0: yes. So red belt level, in at least in my experience in martial art, was all about preparation for black belt. And we started to learn like slower forms of movement. Think of like Tai Chi, where okay. you're connecting your breath to your movements. We started to meditate more. Um, and as you can imagine, those, those practices really spill out into other parts of my life. I would, Become more mindful. And granted, I'm not going to hype this up too much because back then I was much younger when I was actually a red belt. Um, and I didn't take meditation as seriously as I do now. Mm -hmm. So now I can see how much meditation actually affects my life and has changed my life. Back then, you know, I was, I'll say I was more like dabbling in it. I used to sit there, you know, again, I was going, 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 training clients, running around the city from client to client. And I would just have to like, get to the dojo and lie on my back and call, and pretend i was meditating but i was really just napping. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it's just about connecting with that warrior within, that guide, um our higher self, your soul, your spirit, whatever you want to call it. Um for guidance really. I mm-hmm. truly believe that we all can listen more and and the more we listen the more information that we actually get. Right. The, the pulling us towards people, experiences, things that light us up and fill our cup and feel the repulsion if we're really listening towards those people, places and things that drag us down.
1: I love, I love all of these. And, and every time like you talk about one and I'm like, oh, that's really important too. That's really like, none of them I think are more important than the other. They all go together so beautifully. Um okay, you, So because... the last one, yeah, no, it's just, it's really, it's really brilliant. So Black Belt is take the lead. What's, yeah. what's that about? Black Belt was all about leadership. I'll, I'll just sum it up like that because
0: what I thought black belt level would be about was about being able to take someone down twice my size and executing my sword form perfectly but really what it's about is being a teacher a leader um in that microcosm of the dojo which again started spilling out in other parts of my life so um you know the chapter will talk about taking stances how we drilled stances but essentially in life that's about taking a stand for causes that are really important to you um, I know right now our country is, gosh, like so divided. And <laughs> I don't even it's know. Where ugly to go out with there. It. it sure is. Yeah, it's really <laughs> ugly out there. And at the same time, it's important to voice your 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 stance mm-hmm. on things that matter. Right. Um, and hopefully, we're coming about it where we are are caring for other people. We're caring for others that we can maybe help rise Mm -hmm. so we all rise together. Mm -hmm. That's the hope.
1: Yeah. You know what I love about this book is that, and people have told me this about, so anyone listening who really liked my very first book, 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life, and Mm -hmm. for those of you that said, like, I love it because it's so digestible and it's just like these bite-sized pieces of wisdom that are so universally um, applicable to to everyone's life. This is that book. It's just, it's so... Like everyone can benefit from this. It's like no matter if you are seasoned in personal development or you are just starting out, I think it's incredibly incredibly helpful to to everyone.
0: Also, make some noise. I mean, the first three chapters, I'm like, yeah, 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 yes, that too. Yes that too. Like- <laughs> we are i think our messages are so aligned on so many different levels uh-huh. um, that i was just so excited to hear hear you and everyone i use the audible version of andrea's book and it was just so fun to hear her voice it oh was like thank
1: you it's so friend. much fun doing that. doing have you recorded the audiobook for this yet yes did you did you like doing it did you like the experience yes, except all the stomach gurgles that kept happening oh. <laughs> that microphone picks up everything and at least when you're When you're podcasting, I have found that you don't talk for such long lengths of time. So, I mean, I guess some people do who do really long form. I don't, where I'm recording my podcast, I'm in a room where it doesn't pick up. uh, I have a great mic, but it doesn't, I don't know, maybe it does. People are going to like DM me and they're like, I hear your stomach gurgles on your podcast. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Sometimes I listen back and I'm like, oh, my breathing. God." Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I found that too. Recording an audiobook picks up every single little spit that you do weird mm-hmm. stomach gurgle, like the throat burps, like that you don't mm-hmm. intend to do. Yeah. Everything. Yep. yep. Funny whole thing. Well, just, can you leave us with the story of, of sort of like the, the, the moment that changed your life yeah. and, um, cause you were in Manhattan on mm-hmm. September 11th. And can you kind of take us through that? It's a story that, that I think it opens the book.
0: Yes. Um, It's a story that I found was the most pivotal experience of my life so far. Mm -hmm. Um, But essentially that morning I woke up, went down to work in the subway. When I got out of the subway at Wall Street, looked up and saw black smoke billowing out of the World Trade Center towers. And I worked three blocks south of the World Trade Center, so not in it. And I made my way to to the building, wasn't allowed upstairs and the doorman said, you can use the phone in the lobby. So I went to use the phone to call my mom. And within seconds, the tower, first tower fell. So all of a sudden, this swarm of people bum rushed, you know, the lobby t- t- for shelter. And I got thrown into this big closet with them. And this was the first time in my life where my body shut down. Mm-hmm. I was in complete freeze mode, thought I was going to die. And this woman came over to me. And grabbed me and said, What's your name? Which caused me to breathe, right? Through that freeze moment. Answered her and she said, Jennifer, I'm Nancy. And the two of our two of us are gonna get out of here today. And sure enough, we did, building, the building, the building, looking for shelter that day until hours later, I was able to lead Nancy to the dojo. Mm -hmm. Um, so for the first time that day, I was able to feel safe and wash my the soot off my body and drink water and you know, start to regulate my my nervous system. So it really became this symbol um, of safety, and that's mm-hmm. all I wanted to do in the weeks and months, and then years mm-hmm. afterwards. Um, and that is also that. So in those months afterwards is where I said, "Well, this is really all I want to do. All I like doing is coming here. I was bartending to pay the bills at night. So how can I create a career?" that helps people feel stronger mentally and physically safe, right? From the streets to the boardroom, spiritually grounded and more purposeful. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started with personal training and then health coaching and blah, blah, blah. The rest yeah. is history.
1: And here you are. Here I
0: am. 20, how many years has it been? 22? 22.
1: Yeah. And you yeah. were how old? 23? 23. I was about 22, 23 at yeah. the time. Yeah. And you st- and you have not been able to find Nancy since that day. No. We are Have you tried anything? making a TikTok about it? TikTok and Twitter will find her. You think? A middle-aged lady named Nancy. I mean, there's probably <laughs> not very many of them. <laughs> In New York. <laughs> right. Stranger things have happened. They might be able to find her. I think I it's such a great story and and someone who's and I and I wanna preface this by saying this is, does not have to be everyone's experience, but mm-hmm. it is possible to turn your trauma into um, a career, into just kind of, like you said, that pivotal moment that that changed your life, not just, and it didn't happen all at once. I mean, of it course. was something that you realized was inside of you and that that you wanted to do. And I'm sorry that it had to go in that direction for you. No. That is I mean it was hard for us watching it on the other side of the the country but like to actually be there. I mean my gosh, that's that's a lot of trauma for a lot of people that day. A lot of people and that's
0: the other other thing I always want to make clear is I was so lucky and yeah. so many people weren't and that's why for many many years I didn't even I didn't even think of it. I was like I wasn't I felt like I wasn't even allowed to feel anything about it because So many people lost their lives that day. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't until, you know, the last five, six years that I was able to say like, oh, no, this actually is my story. And this happened. And and it is part of
1: my journey. And it was really difficult. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, everyone, the link will be in the show notes. The art of badassery, unleash your mojo with wisdom of the dojo. Thank you so much for being here. Is there any before we go? Is there anything that you didn't say that you want to get a chance to say before we are complete? Andrea, I'm just like really excited that we
0: met, we got to connect, that we're so aligned on our missions. I would say having you know a similar mission of Mm -hmm. wanting to help women feel more empowered. So everyone that's listening, my reminder to you is that all the power that you need is already within you. And we just have to
1: remember that it's there and tap into it. I forget that sometimes too. So Mm -hmm. it's written on a post-it. I have a stack of, this must be an ADHD thing too. I have Mm -hmm. a stack of like 20 post-its with (laughs) notes written on them. (laughs) So do I. They're like scattered. Sometimes they're piled up. That's like... (laughs) It's written over there. Uh, everyone, thank you for being here. You know how grateful I am that you spend your time with me and my guests. And remember, it's our life's journey to make ourselves better people and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye for now.